Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. We are two episodes from home on season three of Breaking Bad. This is season three, episode 12, Half Measures, um, directed by Adam Bernstein, written by Sam Catlin and Peter Gould. Um, originally aired on June the 6th, 2010. Pretty famous episode, this. Uh, we're also officially into our second half of Breaking Bad coverage ah, now. Yeah. Um, so, and this is a great episode to kind of celebrate that fact on. Fantastic episode. Um, and really can't wait to talk about this one. Uh, my name is Nick, and um, people who get paid to do this do a lousy job. And my name is Ben, and don't worry, I won't be wearing bells. <laughs> And yes, well, indeed. Uh, this is, um, yeah, like I said, like quite a, a well-known episode and maybe a, a well-known half of, of, you know, two episodes, I suppose. And I guess Breaking Bad's a little bit famous for this of um, doing, you know, like matching episodes or, you know, like this is obvious because the, the two titles of the episode match up. But um, yeah, I, I, I just think this is a fantastic episode. And, you know, like I, I know I kind of from time to time kind of duck in and talk about the IMDB ratings, but, you know, just to kind of talk about where we've been since that famous one minute episode, which was a 9.6, we've had 8.8, 8.5, 7.8, 8, 7, uh, sorry, 8.5. And now this is a 9.5. So this is quite a big jump up. So um, I think in terms of quality, this is a, a pretty phenomenal episode. It makes sense because, like I said last week, kind of we've almost been in a bit of a, a purgatory zone with sort of a few episodes in a row. But um, yeah, I mean, this episode's fantastic. I, I think there's one clear top five moment, a potential one that I'll put up there as a possible. I love the opening of this episode. Um, there's just some great stuff in this episode. And yeah, it's, it's kind of on the grand scheme of things, it's sort of not like if you actually kind of analyze this episode realistically not a lot happens in this episode until right in the final scene right but like it's still such like a great episode and it's a lot of talking which you know i feel like i feel like i've been negative on these episodes because but it's not really like i'm i'm with you i like dialogue but um yeah we get some we get some really good stuff in this episode before we get just like an iconic moment to end this episode Mm, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you kind of talk about this um, this opening and, and yeah, I think we can kind of just get straight into it because it it's a great opening and it's this kind of this musical montage of our friend Wendy um, at the Crystal Palace kind of turning tricks to, to make some money. And I do love that the, um, the, the, the music choice they've got here is a song called Wendy by the Association. I think, you know, last week I talked about... Um, you know, that the producers kind of trust the fans to kind of, you know, follow them. And I think this is like a little inside joke to kind of good fans of the show because it kind of um, harkens back to that, you know, that quote by uh, by Hank, you know, a few seasons ago about, do you want to give me a windy, windy? And so now we've got, a, you know, a scene about Wendy set to music called Windy, which kind of just feels appropriate. 
I I've got it stuck in my head ever since I watched it. Um, and like I just love it. Like Wendy's just kind of like this random character that I feel we shouldn't love, but like she's just I don't know. There's just something about her, and I just love this montage of watching her like going down on like 30 different guys, like peeing in a pool. She gets in a fight with someone with over a cardigan, doesn't she? Um, like yeah. counting the money and the thing. But like just, it's it should be depressing. Just, just even little things. Yeah, yeah, even just like little things like, you know, again, kind of callbacks, like she has the root beer, which is, you know, she had that, that line of like, when am I getting my root beer, you know? So, yeah, I think it's quite clever that we kind of get some, you know, some kind of callbacks. I love kind of like the scenes and like the green light, you know, like it's mm. just, it just really kind of telling that this is a, this is a hard life this woman's leading, you know, it's, it's certainly not easy by any means. And, um, the, the realities of it are, are very, very difficult. And it obviously ends with her, um, you know, basically going up and, and she, she buys burgers for these, um, you know, these two, um, drug dealers that we saw at the end of the last episode that, um, are using Thomas to kind of do some of their dirty work for them. And so, you know, she's, she's obviously, um, you know, doing a bit of a deal for drugs and, and giving them burgers. Um, so, so yeah, it's, um, yeah, I think it's just a, a good way of kind of, you know, it's, it's a great kind of way to open the episode, but it kind of also links into, you know, some of the the stuff we're going to get going to get into on this episode. And um, obviously, you know, in the background, we've got Jesse kind of watching from his car as well. So, yeah, nice little link to what's actually happening in the episode too. Yeah, and it's just like I feel Breaking Bad does this good, doesn't it? Uh, Breaking Bad does this good. Breaking Bad does this well when you sort of have um, – you know, something that, yeah, should be kind of depressing but kind of just set to, like, uplifting music, you know, because, yeah, she kind of leads a pretty shitty life. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just I, I also love, like, I want to I want to get one of these guys on the show, random blowjob guy, because every single guy is just kind of, like, got this song on the face and they just go, ah, and they cut away just as they go, like, ah, and then it's just, like, set to this song. Like, are these just, like, crew members that they needed, you know, to, to just get on We Need a Random Man? Like, do they do they go to a casting session and they're just, like, we need random man to get blowjob? Um, okay, I'll do it. And they're like, ah, oh, you want me to act? Ah. Oh. <laughs> we should kind of look at the credits at the end of the episode and be like, blowjob, Blowjob man number one, blowjob yeah. man number two. Like <laughs> I've got that in my credits, you know. Like as an actor, they've kind of got that that credit um, to their name. But what if one I of these like- guys goes on in like five years' time to be like the biggest actor in Hollywood? Like they got their their break on Breaking Bad as blowjob guy number twelve. I like I, I love that idea of kind of like it's actually just all the crew, so it's kind of like you know <laughs> the grip and the you know like all these guys in the Literally. background who are all just like it's your turn to pretend to get you know, um yeah get a fake blowjob. So yeah, I, I do love that. It's a funny idea. Um, yeah, we kind of um, we follow on and we've got this kind of scene um, of Walt Junior and Walt driving, and he's you know, obviously about to sit his test um, coming up, and we get this kind of nice little callback to you know talking about Walt Junior not actually using the pedals properly, but it's actually okay, and you know like I think this was something Walt was really pissy about when they talked about it last time but this time around he's, he's actually okay with it um, as long as you're safe type of thing and so yeah I, again I like that we're getting some kind of quite deep cut callbacks which I think not every fan's going to appreciate but the ones that do it you know it doesn't doesn't it doesn't take away from the show but for big fans it's a nice little reminder that you know they're actually thinking this stuff through which I, I do really like um we kind of coming on, and I think I talked about this last episode of Skylar reading the Wikipedia page for money laundering, um, which is really really funny. Um, and yeah, and then we kind of get um, kind of Skylar and Walt discussing the the plan. Um, and yeah, and and you know she's kind of more on board with it than potentially. Um, you know she she has been in the past. Um, and and yeah, and then we kind of um, we we kind of get this whole thing of. Um, 
basically like Walt trying to negotiate for good terms. Like he, he wants to get, what is it, four nights living in the house? And he's kind of saying, you know, basically the story's not believable if we're living apart. So he's trying to negotiate to, to you know, be welcomed back into the house, not somebody that's just trying to, you know, um, trying to basically squat in his own house. So, um, so yeah, I think, it, I think it's quite interesting. And Skylar kind of ends it with basically just like, don't push it too far type of thing. So, yeah, it, it, it's a nice setup, I think. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not too sure about um, reading the Wikipedia page. Like, if I ever want to commit crimes, like if I want to murder someone, like go to Wikipedia, murder. All right, uh, cool. So the act of killing someone. Um, so in the future, if I'm ever the subject of a true crime podcast, uh, you can you clip this right now. Ben Waterworth killed someone after yes. reading the murder page on Wikipedia. Wikipedia can get blamed for me murdering someone. So there you go. Um I love the laptop though. It's chunky. I guess it's 2010, whatever year it was. But um, yeah, I do. I do like sort of yeah the negotiations of like you know this is how I'm going to come over this that and everything else because I think it's sort of um, I mean we've kind of forgotten about the the tensity of these two at the beginning of this season, right? When Walt was you know coming home and uh, the cops and all that kind of stuff. I mean obviously time has passed since all that's happened, but uh, I guess there's still got to be a bit of animosity between these two, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that I think it needs to be believable. I think if these guys are suddenly just like best buddies again and kind of living together, that's not really believable. Like, you know, Skylar's still not happy with this guy. And um, so I think think they kind of um, tread that line particularly well. I think they do kind of just kind of get the balance quite, quite pretty much spot on here, I I think. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It's kind of because, like, again, it's one of these things you could easily nitpick on around. you know, when it comes to these two are at each other's throats and here they are. But, like, yeah, you're right. Like, it's that, it's that balance of kind of keeping it on a level where it's believable and I guess over time it sort of it, it makes sense that, you know, the, the tensity is kind of, I guess, gone away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we then kind of move on and um, we're, we're back at the lab and um, I, I love this kind of opening shot again, like another great classic Breaking Bad shot from like inside the tank and you kind of see like the, the chemicals being poured into the into the tank on, on top of the, the camera, which I really like. Um, and Jesse's kind of like, we should go for a beer after work, you know, and, and you know, what's not interesting is like, no, we need to go for a beer after work. And so we kind of have this conversation with them at the bar. And I love how Jesse just kind of like throws the, the meth onto the table and Walt's like, what are you doing? Like, don't just put that here. And, and this is where Jack, kind of Jesse kind of gives gives Walt the kind of lowdown on what happened at the end of the last episode, um, you know, that basically he knows about these drug dealers who are, you know, responsible for, for Combo's murder and um, he needs to do something about it. And Jesse kind of asks Walt for his help to make some more ricin because he wants to wants to give it to Wendy, um, who's who's going to put it in the burgers um, the next time that she buys drugs off them. So, um, yeah, Walt's not particularly keen on this plan. Um, and, you know, yeah, it, it, basically he just doesn't really want any, any part in this. He's... Um, yeah, I think it's kind of again, kind of a nice little setup, and um, yeah, you know, he's kind of saying Jesse, you're not a murderer type of thing, and and the the scene kind of ends with Jesse basically saying, look, I'm doing it with or without you, so you can help me if you want, but it's happening regardless. So yeah, I think kind of the stakes have been raised here, which I think this episode does a good job of, of actually just back to that thing that the show does well of kind of building tension, raising the stakes, and and you know you believe Jesse, you believe that he is going to really follow through with this. He does seem pretty adamant on it. Which is kind of what saying last week about how, you know, the meeting between Jesse and Andrea kind of 
turns up the wick a bit because like through all that it comes to uh, Jesse finding this out and then kind of he's just ready to do this and kind of just it's going to blow everything up in their faces essentially and I love this scene I like I I love first of all Jesse's like yo seriously get a beer with me and then it's kind of just this meeting like I mean this isn't the the second top five that I would mention this episode, but I mean, it's it, I, I'm not going to say it's going to be a number. I just love this scene between these two, just kind of the way they're back and forth off each other, and yeah, as you say, like Jesse just essentially going like, "I'm doing this with or without you," uh, and kind of um, I guess this kind of ties in, I think, to last week to the the dinner scene between Gus and Walt about the don't make the same mistake twice, because now I guess Walt's realizing that shit, like he can't control this guy uh, because of of you know how he he plays this up, so. Um, yeah, like it's 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 tense. It's it's really really good. Uh, just great acting between the two. Um, but it's kind of interesting to think that we're here, and then we're, what we're going to get at the end of this episode, isn't it? It's kind of uh, how yeah, it does it, change. Yeah, it is really good. And I think probably like I've kind of said, look, I'm I'm ready for some action on this thing. Like you know, the talking's good and the dialogue's good, and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I think it does a really really good job. But like I'm actually ready for some action, and I think I just want to call back to the fact that these guys actually do a really good job with you know, ratcheting up tension through dialogue. Um, they do an awesome job of it. So I'm not saying in any way that it's not good. I think it is really, really good. But I think it just needs my, my personal taste is that I just want it to be complemented with a bit more action at this point. So that's just that's just my take. Um, no, I agree. Because yeah. we haven't really had any action, have we, since uh, one minute. So it's kind of been a bit yeah. Yeah, laid back right. for about five episodes now, four episodes. So, yeah, we are due for something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kind of move back to the hospital and, and we're there and, and Marie and Hank and, and Walt Jr., which is an, an odd combination. And we're not used to kind of seeing Walt Jr. without at least one of his parents kind of in these these family dynamics. Um, you know, like not always. Obviously, we've got that, that famous scene from, from season one where kind of um, we're at Crystal Palace again and um, uh, Hank's taken him there. But um, generally speaking, like Walt Jr.'s normally got one of his parents around. So I just thought this was an, an unusual combination of these three together. Um He's but wearing yeah, purple too. Do you point that yeah, out? Yeah, Junior's wearing yeah. purple. Marie's really affecting him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so we kind of um, playing this card game. I, I don't know exactly what the card game is, but like you have to knock when you've got something and she actually says knock knock and yeah, he gets pissed off with this and yeah like he's just like grumpy man at this point like he's just got the sour look on his face and I was say something about like you're a little shit or something to to Walt Jr you know so a little prick um yeah so yeah I, th- I think it's just kind of like just building up this 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 anger and that he has and, and yeah he's basically just saying again kind of just reiterating what we got in the last episode of like he's not leaving until he walks out of that hospital it's rummy i just had to google it because i know there was a game that i played um i think it was taught to us by our brazilian friends when we're living in invercargill it was sort of a version of rummy but you had to knock on the table um for whatever it is but um yeah i mean i i kind of like walt jr with them though because like i think as the season moves on we get a lot more of walt jr kind of with hank and marie and i kind of I don't know, like I like, it, it works. It, this is a sort of a very close-knit oh, little totally, family yeah. group. So it kind of, it makes sense to me that they kind of would be doing this. So, yeah, um, I, yeah I mean, kind of, it, it contradicts my little thing a couple of weeks ago when I said about Jesse and his aunt, how it's kind of rare that you're close to your aunts and uncles. It's, well, it's not really, because <laughs> here we are. But no, it's, it's, it's again, it's a, it's a nice scene. And I, I, I always kind of like dickish Hank. It's kind of, you know, because is this where Walt Jr.'s like, are you saying that all people should be in hospitals who are like me? And he's basically like, yes, you little shit or something like that. Like, yeah. I yeah. kind of like that. 
I, I think like kind of Walt Jr. having this disability is quite a, it's one of those things that gets brought up, you know, like obviously we kind of got it with the whole one and just fucking die already stuff, you know, from earlier on in this, in this show's run. And now we're kind of getting it again, you know, like Walt's, sorry, Hank is kind of um, sulking because of a situation and, and Walt Jr. is kind of, you know, n- not exactly saying it explicitly, but basically like, well, you're in a situation where you may recover from this. And even if you don't, it's not the end of the world. I've lived with a disability my whole life. So it's kind of disrespectful to me that it's, this is such a big deal to you and this is my reality. You know, so I think it's really good how they do that without shoving it in your face. I think it is quite yeah. effective. Um, yeah, so I think that's great. We kind of then we kind of move into um, we are at uh, Saul's office and um, they're waiting for Jesse to arrive. And um, you know, you can see Walt's just suddenly become very agitated about you know he doesn't want Jesse to do something stupid and they need to find a way to kind of like I guess calm him down. Um, and they suggest kind of like getting him arrested like on a minor charge just as a way of kind of like basically put him in prison for 30 days to cool down and, and, and not do something impulsive. Um, so, so yeah, I just, I think this is, you know, like quite an interesting kind of setup here. Um, yeah, and, and I think, yeah, like I think just the whole thing is that you can kind of see like just in the way that um, Brian Cranston's acting that he's, he's quite concerned about what might happen and and although this might feel a little bit sudden it, it does feel kind of earned to me as well I, I i do believe his kind of concern on on a number of levels which is interesting because i mean here he is basically not wanting jesse to kill someone saying that you know we're not murderers just just remember this in a week's time um so it's kind of it's interesting again how things quickly can change in this show but um yeah, I mean, we, we are also not forgetting that, you know, Walt's killed a few people along the way now. So it's kind of, it's um it's interesting how he's kind of protecting Jesse from, I guess, doing this, isn't it? So, um, yeah, yeah it's, like... It's funny because just concern? the way I, yeah, the way I read it, the way I read it is quite interesting because I think you're always kind of looking for the angle that Walt's going for and like, is he, is he trying to protect his own interests here? And I think there's a degree of that that he knows that um, if, if he kind of does something that Gus is not going to approve of, that's going to be bad for Walt. But I also do feel like there's a genuine concern for Jesse here as well. And I think that's one of those things that I think is really great about the Walt character is that you never 100% get to the point where you think he's just this monster and it's all about him. But there is just enough humanity in the guy that you kind of do question why he's doing this and he does care about the people around him so i think that that's you know kind of really effective from my perspective yeah hey, I, rhymed, also, I didn't even mean to well done you're a poet and you didn't know it i do like the the conversation though he has with soul and kind of like yeah about the whole like getting him thrown in jail kind of thing which is kind of you know interesting but um yeah i mean obviously he's going to um take things into his own hands in a, in a way which i guess makes sense very soon yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got this little scene with Jesse and he's he's with Wendy and they're kind of talking about, you know, that they're going to poison these dealers. Um, and he got the poison off the internet, which is, you know, never buy poison off the internet, people. That's never going to end well for you. Yeah, I mean, I do it all the time and it never works. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, all my victims are still alive and lawsuits are pending. But um, I mean, how would you even do that? Like, I'm sure if you type poison in Google right now, where to buy... Like, I'm sure that there's probably some sort of flag that's going up on, you know, the, the federal cops in your local area. Like, I mean, I can't imagine that's yeah. something that isn't just, you know. And, and like, what is it? you like, poisons.com. Want to kill someone? Come to poison.com. Yeah, it feels like a like it is interesting that he goes down this poison route when, you know, like, I think there are other ways he could do it. Um, 
But yeah, anyway. I, Wouldn't I it that's, be that's, easy that's, for him to just Google how to make ricin? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, or, how, or, how to, you know, or how to make car bomb and just put it underneath yeah. the car at some point. I feel like there are yeah. other ways to achieve his, his, his aims here. But yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, and, and then we kind of get this great scene, I think, where kind of Walt's at home um, and um, Skylar's not there and you know he's looking after Holly and, and this is where Mike turns up. And this is quite interesting because, um, you know, it feels like it just feels weird to see Mike in, in, in Walt's house. You know, it just feels like he's kind of intruded into a space where he doesn't belong. Um, it's kind of, I guess, whenever Jesse turns up in Walt's house, it's like this is a safe space where you don't come. Um, and and yeah, so I, I just think that that's, that's a really great kind of um, juxtaposition of this guy you would normally see in this environment, which is great. And um, yeah, we get we get a lot of information in this scene, really, and um, kind of all um, all kind of culminates with this great monologue. But before we kind of get there, it's kind of um, Mike giving this information that. Um, you know that um, he he won't follow Saul's instructions because um, Gus wouldn't be happy about that, and this is the first time that Walt finds out that Mike is working for Gus. And I think I had maybe taken it a little bit for granted, I, you know, because we as an audience have obviously known that for quite some time. And this is, but this is the first time that Walt finds out that information. So I think that that's really interesting. And and um, you know, this is basically where just Mike is, is just trying to like calm him down, and and you know, like this is not the place for you to kind of get involved in this. Um, and yeah, so I just think this is, this is um, just like a really kind of cool scene here. Um, and yeah, like he then kind of tells Walt the story about his time when he was a police officer, which I think is the first time we're finding out that he used to be an ex cop as well. Um, you know, where there was this, this, um, this guy who abused his wife and, and basically kind of took him out to the desert and put a gun in his mouth and said, no, this is how it ends. Um, which, which I really love. And, but then he decides not to pull the trigger and give the, the you know, this guy a second chance. And then what was it? Two weeks later, he, he you know, kills his wife. Um, and he kind of makes the point of like, you know, I I I I, I, I took a half measure when it should have been a full measure, and you know no more half measures. Walter is the kind of big line, um, which is about Jesse. Obviously, you know at the end of the day, it's like you know we can't make half measures about this guy. If he's a problem, then we're going to have to deal with that problem head on. Like we can't just kind of um, deal with it and 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 you know kind of like a half-assed way we are going to kind of need to deal with this problem. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really great. And I think Mike kind of delivers the scene particularly well. And, and um, Jonathan Banks is somebody we haven't kind of spent a lot of time with him just kind of riffing like this. So I think it is really cool to kind of just be able to see him kind of kind of go off on one so yeah i think i think this is a really great scene and and, and i really enjoy it and um that whole idea of half measures is something i feel like you know it, it just feels like a, it becomes a bit of a kind of common phrase that gets used about the show a lot really in terms of Walt's actions from here on out yeah i mean i was gonna say i don't know if we've had as long a mic scene as this one before have we this is kind of the first real long one but it's sort of a a great time just Jonathan Banks' face is just, there's just something about it, which is just so good. We talk about facial acting a lot on this show. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's it's interesting and it's got a, the way it's sort of all set up. And, um, yeah, because he says, what does he say about to find out, like, that uh, Gus is his boss? He says, like, no, my boss. And Walt questions him or something and he says, no, my boss, mm. like your boss, yeah. our boss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically with it. So, but obviously there's a connection here to Sol because Sol's obviously told Mike... Is that how Mike knows? Like, is that kind of the six degrees of separation? Or mm. 
Because I don't think has has Walter said anything to to Gus at this point. I, I don't think so. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of anyway. But um, you're right. Like I kind of like how he just shows up at his house and kind of just has this speech. So it's great. It's a great monologue. It's a great speech. Jonathan Banks is great. It's so good in this. And again, for just a very monotone one note character. Like again, it's just it's so it's so good. Like I'm scared of this guy, and I you know like I just I legitimately am scared of this guy. <laughs> I love it. He like he's is he the only guy that just always calls him Walter? Like, um, so. like yeah. I just I really like that. Um, yeah, I think I think this is really really good, and it kind of sets us up that actually like Jesse is in some real danger in this episode. Um, you know, like they're they're not maybe going to be able to save him or even want to save him. You know, like actually, and maybe kind of goes back to that scene from the last episode of like don't make the same mistake twice, which is potentially like the. You know, it's maybe saving Jesse. You know, like you saved him once. Like, do you really want to save this guy again? Is it worth this? Um, so, so yeah, I just think it's really interesting. Um, I, this seems as good a time as any to maybe talk about the thing with the baby, which I'm not sure I've ever actually kind of mentioned before, but um, it's something that they talk about in quite a lot of detail with these commentaries. So it's obviously quite a big thing in terms of filming, which is like how much time they're allowed with the babies. Have I ever talked about this? That no. Basically, there's really strict rules about how much time they can film with babies um so there's quite a few different babies that they use for because actually just you know like they couldn't film with one because they're legally not allowed i think it's it's something ridiculous like 20 minutes or something that they're allowed with the baby and then they've got to stop so they kind of like just load all the scenes up to get the best use of the baby and um and i think like i think the parents have to be on you know on set at all times and so yeah it's really kind of quite strict so yeah like if you ever start to get into like continuities about what this baby looks like i don't know i i can't think ahead enough to really remember but um if you do think that baby looks different from the last baby then there's a reason for that it's i mean it's a common known thing in hollywood that they often use twins when it comes to babies because i guess that Mm. fits into that rule i mean the olsen twins were a classic example of that in full house right um, so yep. yeah, I mean, and in and even, um, even from, uh, Nip, Nip Tuck, um, Wilbur, there was two Wilbur's, wasn't yeah. there? And friends, uh, with Ben was always a twin. Um, and I think Emma mm-hmm. was also twins as well from memory. So yeah, like it's kind of a thing, but I didn't know that. It's kind of like, look at you teaching me stuff about babies and money in, in movies and TV show, right? Like who would have thunk it? <laughs> I know stuff from time to time. Um, Look at this, getting yeah, an education from New Zealand. It's like it's like getting a, an education from the University of American Samoa, right? <laughs> Do you really think it's that good? Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't see any New Zealanders with their own spin-off TV shows after Breaking Bad, so, you know. <laughs> um, right, okay, so we kind of move on. Um, kind of our, our, our next scene here is, um, you know, we're, it's kind of Jesse and, and Wendy are kind of in the car um, and, um, you know, they're about to kind of do this, this poison drop. Um, that sounds really wrong, poison drop, but anyway, um, and um, they're just about to do it and this is kind of where Mike and Victor turn up in, in their car and they basically just like manhandle Jesse and kind of like, um, you know, like, 
you're kind of going off to jump in this car and we're, and we're going to go and um and talk to gus um and so kind of like you know because the whole thing is jesse's kind of waiting for where are these guys they're normally here why are they not here and, and we obviously find out that's because um they're with gus so they kind of pull up to the chicken farm which we know is a an old egg factory from from last week so we know this is actually kind of a real chicken farm um and and yeah and so we kind of we kind of pull up there um kind of go in and, and um gus is there and and obviously he sees the pontiac aztec so he knows that that walt's there as well um and this is where he kind of comes in the room and, and sees that these two rival dealers are there as well and and um yeah i think you kind of talked about that this is the, the scene where gus kind of gets to be badass for the first time really and kind of just lay down the law um that you know and yeah he kind of really talks still in this kind of business tone about you know these are my associates my employees or whatever it is and um basically you know i'm i'm not going to have I'm not going to have violence happen here. You know, we will make peace and you will shake hands. Um, and, you know, and I, I do love the line where kind of Gus says it, you know, like points to Walt and he's like, you know, you've got this man to thank because if it wasn't for him, I'd be dealing with this in a really different way, which I think is quite you know, like incredibly threatening, um, you know, which is really, really good. And, um, you know, Jesse kind of refuses and says, you know, talks about, did, you know, did, did they tell you that they're using kids to kind of, and they're set up and this is where kind of in, in order to kind of, get the handshake to happen Gus says then that no, there will be no more children you know like you won't be using children so kind of gets the handshake to happen so yeah I, I think it's, it's it's a really really great scene um, I think kind of just ends with you know like the, the little bit on the end is basically that um, Walt's given the job of driving Jesse back to his car in town and Jesse kind of just like Jesse's pissed off it's very very clear and he kind of just like gets out of the car and kind of slams the door and leave Walt to it so yeah it's it's a it's a great scene and it's great to see gus kind of lay down the law and and really you know um set the parameters of just how scary this guy can be yeah i um first of all just want to mention before i forget jesse's t-shirt it's got like jesus on it like i don't know lifting his arms up i don't know if it's going to be like jesus raving or something <laughs> like that but um i love this scene. i mean this is one of the scenes that i just say like i i would potentially put this up for a top five scene but i think we've got plenty others to cover there but i mean just i love this meeting between the two and i just love gus like just that moment when he's like you know don't don't you um look at him you look at me and like just kind of that very mm. calm and like this is the first time we really get badass gus just like holy crap this guy's fucking scary he's kind of like mm. um a teacher i guess where like you like a teacher like you've got like a really nice teacher at school but when they get angry they're scary um, and he's kind of like that. And the thing I love about it too is I, I love Jesse standing up to him. Like, I love it when he does this whole thing about, like, no. And he's just like, and even like Walt sort of is like, what the fuck? And then it just comes down to the fact where he's like, no more kids. So, um, yeah, I just, I just love this scene so much. It's so great. And like, Brian Cranston, again, just facial acting, barely says a word. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito, his facial acting is just this stare that he's got in his face is so good. Uh, these hoodlums, like, they're weird tattoos and rat tails sure um but yeah just even like the scene when he just yeah drops off jesse and he's kind of you can tell he's pissed off like i mean aaron paul doesn't even have to say anything and he's just so good so i believe this is the episode that won aaron paul his first emmy uh from what i can see on the notes um so yeah that uh makes a lot of sense to me because aaron paul's pretty darn good in this episode 
Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, and yeah, I think probably the other one that we kind of haven't pointed out as well is um, is kind of Jonathan Banks. I think like just like you can kind of see like the tension in his face as kind of the scenes going on as well, which I think is really cool. You know, like everybody's kind of just tense about it, and um, yeah, I think even just like when you see them shake hands, you can tell that none of them mean it. Like that's the other thing too. Like you know, um, Gus has made this interaction happen, but I think it's pretty clear from everyone involved that they are not actually really all that interested in this. Um, and yeah, just like the kind of capper on this whole thing of when kind of Walt drops Jesse off obviously you see Thomas kind of come around the corner on his bike which is you know we've actually seen that earlier in the episode too we just didn't mention it but yeah he's this kind of this um this kind of continuous presence even if you uh you know he's not at the center of the screen it's just a reminder that he's there at all times yeah no exactly another trivia fact too just quickly about Aaron Paul he uh got no half measures tattooed on his arm after this as a as a tribute to um his episode after breaking bad completed production so there you go he won his first semi off this and got a tattoo because of this episode there's our random aaron right. paul fact of the week <laughs> oh well i mean let's now bin that episode can you imagine we bin the episode that jesse yeah. got tattooed that aaron paul got tattooed on his arm yeah i'm sure aaron paul would be listening to this going oh fuck they build not the oz network binning it no i'll go get fly tattoos <laughs> on would- me as well yeah <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you should go get fly tattooed instead. Um, yeah. Um, and now we come up to like, I think this has been like quite a tense episode so far. And so it's good to have like this moment of, of comedy in this episode. And it, it is, it's a really fun scene as well. And, and just to keep in mind, this is the last time we see these two characters on this season because they're not going to appear next episode. So this is it. This is the last kind of moment of Hank and you know, what's been like a, a great Hank season. This is kind of like a send off for the season. Um, so basically, like Marie's there giving him like a sponge bath or whatever, and he's still got like a grumpy face on, and um, and um, yeah, and basically she just like like he's just all grumpy, and then like she just like suddenly just like kind of like puts the towel down, like reaches under the, the sheets, and he's like, "What? What are you doing?" And kind of like she makes this deal with him that like if she can get him to get a boner, then he's going to leave the hospital. And he's just like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" You know, like this is ridiculous. Stop doing this. And he's just got like, this grumpy look on his face, and and like her, like her acting is so funny in this as well, just like her face. And then like you just see him like, like this is like this look of like mix of like happiness and defeat is like he's he's like, like he's lost the steel, but he's also kind of happy about it. Like it's just so funny. But then like just the like smash cut from like that to like the next one like he's in a wheelchair holding his box of shit <laughs> while she's like got this smile on her face in the background it is just like it's just a so this moment of comedy that this episode like desperately needs and these two just do such a good job with it it's just so funny so they just like making a deal that if she can you know get him up then he's gonna have to leave hospital and she's successful it's just it's pretty funny yeah, uh, I mean, this. I hope this wasn't the scene you thought I would make as a top five moment. Um, <laughs> Hank Why not? It's job. great. <laughs> sure, but um, yeah, I, I love it, and I just I love Marie. Just yeah, with a little smirk she has on her face <laughs> as she like walks out of the hospital, just kind of like this little thing. Like, um, I mean, <laughs> outside of that, um, you know, mini webisode of them role playing, whatever it was. I mean, it's kind of like you don't really ever see Hank and Marie getting down and dirty, do you? So it's kind of just, um, it's funny. Like it's 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 silly and funny. But um, yeah, I mean, how did you how did you get uh, taken out of the hospital? Oh, I got an erection. Okay, sure. 
I just like just the facial acting on this. Like I'm just like got it on the background. I'm just like this is almost like a, I've got your Australian right here. It's like isn't that again? Like it's just like these funny little moments. It's like just the the screen grab of like just the moment before the transition shot. So he's like his eyes are like just starting to roll back, and she's got this massive grin on her face. And then you hit play, and then it goes him with like this grumpy face on a wheelchair coming out of the out of the doorway. It's just so funny. Clearly, clearly, there's something about you finding people grab genitals that is like i mean you can't watch a michael jackson film clip without laughing apparently like um i, I don't like it's kind of like colin's burning people thing it's just like grabbing crotches is, is nick chester's witness yeah i've got your check out of the hospital right here <laughs> I've, got, I've got your boner right here <laughs> That's great. That's so funny. (laughs) I do need to move on. Um, But we've got Jesse in bed with Andrea, and um, this is where she kind of like gets a call that uh, basically Thomas has been killed. So we kind of, you know, she has this kind of shock moment. We kind of then, you know, we um, then kind of cut to like the two of them kind of at the at the scene where the body's been found and, and obviously kind of like the um the, the, the kind of the shots are, are not showing him directly but you obviously see the bike which has obviously been a, a kind of big prop for him so it makes it obvious that it is him um and kind of like the um the focus to start with is on Andrew and then like you know as the as the action's happening it kind of fades in and you kind of see Jesse's reaction in the background and um yeah I think it's 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 pretty obvious here that um this has been a hit by the by the drug dealers on this guy so um you know as as a reaction to what's happened with jesse earlier in this episode so yeah i think it's it's great setup for how the how the uh the episode ends yeah and it's kind of just the way it sort of builds up to it like the music and the shock factor and everything along those lines is you know like really really good so um, yeah, and I, like I'm jumping ahead a bit here to the Walt stuff, but I kind of like how Walt handles this and kind of will, you know, go to what we get at the end. But, um, yeah, like Jesse moves pretty quickly, doesn't he, with these women? Like, I mean, Jesus Christ, like, I mean, how many nights in a row has he been with her? Like, you know, so, yeah. And, is, and are we implying now that Jesse's completely fallen off the bandwagon? That he's, he's basically, he's not clean anymore? Like... You know? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I, I think that the, that is the case, and it's kind of like he's almost he almost needs the drug to kind of um to kind of give him the the courage to do what he thinks he needs to do. Um, so so yeah, I think that's I think you're right about that. And so yeah, obviously, kind of like we move to the lab, and and um, Jesse isn't showing up, and Walt's calling him, "Where are you?" And he's like, "Oh, you're you're 40 minutes late. I'm going to start the cook without you." Um, and then we kind of like transition. We get another one of these great kind of time lapse transition, um, kind of um, montage kind of things. Um, and Walt's at home, and they're watching Jeopardy. I think it is. Um, and it's we a real get episode too, apparently, according to oh, the right, okay. trivia. Yep. Yeah, I think it was because it was like then they could absolutely, you know, could kind of guarantee the answers and things. But I, I do love that um, one of the things they did here is they've got a Walt Whitman question, which I think is really good because obviously Walt Whitman's going to be a, um, you know, a key reference, which we've already talked a little bit about. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that that's really, really good. Um, and then we kind of, you know, like Walt's kind of doing stuff in the background and he kind of hears the, the, the news clip about Thomas and um you kind of see like this kind of slow realization of what's happened as you know, the rest of the family is going about their things and he's just like, I've got to go. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of just this kind of great setup before we kind of head into this, this final scene. Yeah. Um, it, the Jeopardy thing reminds me almost of um, Groundhog Day 
when he's there and he's like giving all the uh the answers like uh what is Lake Titicaca or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, things like that. Yeah. But um yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like the way they cut that and you just kind of have that realisation and then Walt just leaves. But uh, also, yeah, Skylar going on about how like, oh, turn that off, it's been on the news all day or whatever it is. So, um, yeah. And also yeah. this sort of trope thing of Walt turning on the tap in the bathroom to make a phone call. Like, yeah. I mean, does that always work? Like turning on a tap? Like to me, it's just like, stop wasting water. Um, but uh, I think yeah. it's one of those things too of like um, it kind of reminds me of you know we had that scene of him in the hospital kind of calling and, and you know kind of saying to Skylar like preparing for a live like oh do you know who that was and like so even though he actually doesn't need to lie to her anymore because you know like she knows the truth um, I think it's still interesting that he's still kind of um, doing those things that he needs to do in order to kind of hide things so it's really interesting that kind of lying is just such a, a core part of his, his his being now that he actually can't even turn that off even when he doesn't need to which i think is, is quite interesting yeah it's a good point because you know it's kind of we've got this now where skylar's almost just on board with it but he's still lying so um yeah i guess he doesn't want her to know the extent of what he does or what he's capable of really yeah if, yeah 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 Yep, and so we kind of head into our final scene of the episode, and um, this is absolutely going to be a top five um, placement on, on our list for, for sure because it's fantastic. When obviously it kind of opens with Jesse, kind of yeah, snorting drugs and in, in, in his car off a CD. Um, so yeah, um, that that's cool. And um, yeah, and, and then we kind of um, we kind of see him kind of like yeah, basically just kind of trying to get the the nerve to do what he needs to do. And um, yeah, we kind of you know he you know, he sees the dealers in their car and he gets out and his guns loaded and we kind of get this almost like a western right of like these two guys kind of preparing to kind of face off as they kind of walk towards each other and um it's just so great like just it's so set up for like oh my god what is jesse gonna do like what's gonna happen to jesse and um and yeah like we're just about to kind of like you know pull guns ready to load and then like just like just off shot we kind of just see this car and it's obviously Walt and his car kind of just comes in from Alistair and just like completely runs into mm-hmm. these guys at full noise like it's just it's so good and just like absolutely just floors it and the Pontiac Aztec of course um, and you know just absolutely floors it and um, you know one of them just like goes flying just like absolutely flying in the air and the other one like basically gets killed under the car like he just gets trapped under the car and it's more or less pretty clear that, he, that he's dead um, and then kind of Walt gets out and picks up the, the you know sees the other one kind of moving you know kind of picks up his gun and just like shoots him in the head at point blank range um, and then we just kind of get this awesome kind of camera angle which is kind of like the and kind of like you know this is a bit of a famous camera angle basically to kind of show power um, mm. of kind of like from underneath the character and it kind of like zooms both in and up onto Walt and you just get that kind of one word of him saying to Jesse run and that cuts so that's the end of the episode it's just it's so good on so many levels and um, you know one of the things for me is like we kind of talked about our, our history with the show and um you know, for me, I, I, I binged this, like I, I caught up just as the second half of season five was starting, which, which I think is a pretty common thing. I think a lot of people were in the same situation. Um, and so a lot of kind of these first few seasons blur together because I was absolutely binging them. So like my memories of kind of the show aren't kind of week to week because I was binging three or four episodes at a time. And, you know, like I, I can't really separate them out, but I can 
absolutely 100% remember watching this episode for the first time like it's so clear in my memory because it's just such a shock because you're just you're so preparing for it to be Jesse doing something and then it ends up being Walt like I just don't think whatever you were expecting this isn't it like you just were not expecting Walt to kind of be the one that does this um, and it's just it's such a turning point in the show because there's kind of no going back after this you know like these guys are doing something that's just really going to set them it's basically like the first shot fired in a war with Gus now you know like this is it we're on um, and so yeah I just think it is just such an important moment for the show but it's also just so shocking it's so well delivered um yeah I, just everything about it to me is just phenomenal yeah no it's again i think i think i said last week it's kind of one of these ones that's always shown in like a montage of kind of like moments of this show and everything to sort of get you into it but um like i love just i mean jesse sort of the facial expressions on aaron paul and like kind of just him getting pumped up and it's very similar to um you know him trying to go in the house with spooge and all that kind of stuff but a little bit more serious this time around and yeah like you said like the mexican sort of standoff type of thing like the camera works fantastic you think there's about to be the shootout and then just out of nowhere the car just the way it kind of like collects them um yeah, we talk about your seemingly love of people grabbing crotches, Colin's seeming love of uh, burning people. <laughs> I think we've established on some of our other shows that mine is people getting run over. <laughs> um, and I just like love seeing this body go flying up into the sky. I play Grand Theft Auto too much. It's brilliant. Um, but the thing that I like love even more like with the camera work, like, yeah, that sort of zoom up and the shot of Walt before the run, but like... I love the the way the camera is fixated on Jesse's face, just the shock on his face that he's like watching this. Like it's just almost like the audience. Like you're like, holy fuck. Um, and then you talk about like no turning back. Like Walt sort of killed people in the past, but this has got to be the first real like fucking cold blooded murder right now, isn't it? Like I mean, you know, yeah. Crazy Eight was. Well, it's, I guess it's you- really yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I think you know like we kind of talked about Crazy Eight, like how. Walt's reaction to having to do that like he was put in a no-win situation where he kind of you know he wrote it down like if I don't do this he will kill me and everyone in my family so like he had he 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 you know, inadvertently put himself in a position where he has no choice but to kind of kill this guy and then Jane like obviously he had a choice there but he decided not to do it but he was still really cut up about what he was doing he was you know visibly upset about the decisions he was making so um this is the first one and it's really interesting because like i read this thing again in my book about um when they shot this um it was very much still played off as kind of walt kind of like bumbles out of the car and is like oh my god i can't believe it and like kind of bumbles around and finds the gun and then kind of like what do i do checks for witnesses is there anyone around like still really tentative and then realizes oh yeah i've got to do this and, and takes the shot and um he's saying that's how they filmed it and kind of vince gilligan and the editors kind of made it much more clear that it was actually just walt being a badass like I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm just going to do this thing. I'm just going to go in and just, you know, like no hesitation, just go in and just, you know, absolutely just finish the job. And I actually think um, you can actually see a point. I think kind of like the way he kind of like runs over and gets the gun is a little bit kind of Mr. Beanish. Like, so you can see the elements of it there where he's kind of like just not quite, it doesn't look like he's absolutely sure on what he's going to do. But then once he picks up the gun, there's kind of like, there's no hesitation really. He just points the gun and bang, it's a job done. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a turning point for him, um, which is really, really good. Um, one of the things is like just watching it in the background here is like actually just slow-mo 
narrowing it down and like there's absolutely no questioning that the other guy is dead under the car like he gets while the one that goes flying up and then gets shot in the head like you can see him moving afterwards the other one like gets like completely smushed under the car and like taken out by both sets of, of wheels you know like, there's absolutely no doubt that that guy was crushed to a point where he was not alive anymore so yeah it's it, it's pretty clear um that, that he's dead but yeah i just think kind of like the graphic nature of it is just so like holy shit and i think the other thing about this too is that um you know like, is this the greatest cliffhanger we've ever had on the show like obviously kind of one minute was really really good but i i think this beats it i think this is like even more adrenalizing because like i think anybody who watched this on dvd or you know on whatever streaming service you're watching this on i think if you have access to the next episode there's no way you're not watching it right like it doesn't matter yeah. if it's three in the morning you are sticking around and you're going to find out what happens and so to me that makes it like the most compelling kind of cliffhanger for episode cliffhanger we've ever had yeah, no, I agree with you. And I was going to say it almost like this could have been a finale. This could have been, imagine, like, uh, that's not to take away what we're going to get at the end of the season next week. Uh, you know, arguably the best cliffhanger we'll get. Um, I would almost argue, well, you count the mid-season finale of season five. But, um, I mean, clearly great next week. But, yeah, no, this is brilliant. And I, I agree with you completely um, that you just want to keep watching. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of, it's, it's, a, it's almost a daring move in some aspects that, they don't make this a season finale because you feel like this would be the fuck like shit. I've got to wait a whole year now for this. What the hell is going to happen? Like this is the penultimate episode and you've still got one more to go this season, but no, absolutely. I, I can't think of another one. Obviously we've had a few great cliffhangers, but this is definitely the, the biggest one. I, yeah, I completely agree. I think um, the thing too with it in terms of it, like, you know, anyone who's a fan of Game of Thrones will know that kind of, you know, they have these 10 episode seasons and, and season, sorry, episode nine is always the big shocking moment, you know, like kind of like this. Um, but episode 10, like the final episode of, of Game of Thrones for most of those seasons was actually just kind of like almost like wrap up and getting you ready for the next season. So like all the big action happens in that last episode and then the, sorry, the second to last episode and then the final episode is often almost a little bit boring. Whereas I think what we're going to get is we just, this is just going to like transition into like another phenomenal episode straight after it, you know? So like it just continues on, which I think is what's really, really impressive about this. You know, like, it, it, you know, as good as this is, you know, next week is amazing as well. So, um, you know, kind of hats off to them for, for what they do here. Yeah, I, I just can't speak highly enough of this scene. I, I just think it's so, so good. To, to point out what you're talking about next week, just a spoiler alert, uh, The Ringer has next week's episode as the second greatest episode in the history of Breaking Bad. So that's how right. good they sort of rank it. But, um, yeah, I mean, top five for sure. Let's be honest, this is probably our number one moment for the season uh, and it probably will very much make our top ten at the end of all five seasons. So, um, yeah, epic, epic scene. And just just even the run line, like you talk about the badass nature of Walt here, like just the run, like it's just so good. And then that's just how it fades to black, just on a run. Like you don't even have to have that and it's still badass, but that just makes it even more badass, the run. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's... um. Yeah, just everything about it's so good. Um, so, so good. Um, just even like, just things like the lighting on this, you know, like it's just this kind of like dull kind of street light yellow, you know, like it's just, it just really sets a mood. Like just everything about it is just so damn good. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just nothing to complain about. It is just so damn good. So, 
nothing more I think we can say about it really. You want to grab your crotch right now so much. You want to I be do. like, yeah. Yeah. And not, not in the yeah. way that makes you laugh, the way that makes yeah. you leave hospital. Yeah. Yeah. I've got your run right here. That's what he should have said. You're literally like. thinking about it. It's just this awkward, like, like uh, uh, yep, yep, there it is. Yep, we need to uh, hurry up for this episode. I need to go grab my crotch. <laughs> that sounds really wrong. <laughs> well, it's well, a I common thing gonna... listening to this show. <laughs> true, true. Um, well, I don't think it's going to be any surprise what I'm doing with this episode, and I don't think it's any surprise what you're doing with it. So um, it's it's bye for me. Um, I've currently got this as number three. Um, so I've got this wow. behind one minute and um, crazy handful of nothing um, right up the top. Um, I think it's it's great. Um, so so yeah, I think it's um, it's it, like we we always kind of talk about these things of like, do you, you know do you remember this episode basically and it's like well yeah absolutely i remember this episode and obviously for this final scene because it's so amazing but there's a lot of other great stuff in it as well um both funny and and great in terms of like you know some good dialogue scenes and and setting up these characters a little bit more so um there's absolutely nothing to dislike about this so yeah it's it's this one's slotting in just above the pilot for me so yeah number three uh, well, obviously, it's definitely a buy for me, 100%. I don't have it quite as high, but I've got it in my top 10. I have it at number eight. Um, so I've got it, I've, I've got Peekaboo ranked higher than this one. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great episode. The ending alone is top 10 worthy for putting this out in any episode. The opening as well. We love Windy. Um, so yeah, no, definitely a, a high ranking one. And I'll say that the Ringer has it at number 15. Overall, they have it one spot below. They have fly above this episode. Can we just uh, point that out? <laughs> Thanks, the ringer. Um, don't know how I feel about that now. Um, but, um, <laughs> Jesus, that's actually quite terrible now that I think about that. Wow. <laughs> look, I, look I, I tried my best to de- like defend the good stuff out of that, of that episode. And I think there's some interesting stuff with fly, but uh, like, Seriously, like better than this episode. Like, <laughs> what? What on earth are you that's thinking? Like why, about? That's it's like just... why we have um, what's his face over on um, Double or Seven, Peter Travers, because he ranked I another day at tenth, and yet all of his other ones are pretty uh, <laughs> terrible along that as well. So you know that that's the only reason why we read that list out every episode. <laughs> yes. Well. Yeah. Well, I think. Um, yeah, I'm talking about ratings and rankings and things like that. So, yeah, I think kind of IMDb, you know, I've talked about this being a 9.5. Next week's a 9.7. So, wow. um, yeah, if you like this episode, I think you're going to like next week as well. I think it's, um, yeah, it's a great episode. And I think um, it's been a part two to this being a part one. I think it is just, yeah, it, it kind of delivers on um you know, like the, I, I think if next week's episode was a bit of a bummer or not as good, then maybe this episode wasn't as good. But like, just knowing that we're heading into something that just really satisfies what we get at the, at the end of this episode, just I, I don't know. I think it makes this episode better as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you because yeah, that what you're saying about sort of the Game of Thrones thing. Maybe it would have uh, taken away from it a little bit, and then you'd. It's kind of like. Um, episode six and seven of season one right like it's kind of like you know you feel like it should be the other way around but um can i just say here random other little uh, trivia fact we we mentioned was it a couple of weeks ago about kafkaesque 
and how that was uh, talked about in Malcolm in the Middle. Well, I've got another connection right now to Malcolm in the Middle. Thanks, Breaking Bad Wiki. Windy by the Association appeared in an episode of Malcolm in the Middle, starring Brian Cranston. Uh, season 6, episode 17, Butterflies, in the show Wendy, is also the name of Malcolm's love interest. A man living in the grocery store gives Malcolm dating advice, but his cover is eventually blown when Lois turns off the music and he continues whistling to the tune of Windy. So... Look at that! The the this this whole okay. rumor about the uh, this being a prequel to Malcolm in the Middle. I'm believing it. <laughs> yes, well, that, uh, um, crazier things have happened, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't think there's too much more we need to kind of talk about with this episode. I think it's been really, really good. Um, yeah, I mean, would love to hear your feedback on it. Do you think this episode's as good as as, as I think it is? As, as, as Ben thinks it is, um, is it a number three or a number eight or somewhere in between? Um, you know, check us out on um, you know social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever the hell we're on. Um, check us out there, um, and um, don't forget that we've got other other great shows going on as well, which um, you're more than welcome to check out and uh, Patreon as well. So uh, you know, make sure you donate to that, or we'll shoot you in the head. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I'm, uh, wow, I'm, I'm not against. I'm I'm not against threatening people in order to make them become patrons. Jesus, last week you can't remember our shows. This week you're threatening to shoot people in the head. Wow, <laughs> what's going on with you recently? <laughs> well, it's either that or like, uh, uh, well, if, if enough if enough people like, let's just say if we get like what what 500 patrons, I'll 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 recreate the. I've got the, <laughs> I've got a stretch right here. I'll, I'll so, you, so you're talking it. about tidy whities and all? Well, I'm down for that. I'll donate 500 times. I want to see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. The problem is, is that we'll now get a th- we'll now get a thousand, and they want us to recreate the the Marie and, <laughs> yeah. and and Hank scene, and I don't know which one I want to be in that. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I I'll be the nurse. Uh, pushing uh, Hank in the chair outside. We'll get we'll get Noel on. He can't get a date. <laughs> So, you know, do that way. <laughs> well, until next week, it's, uh, it's been really fun bringing this episode to you. Um, look forward to talking um, through full measure next week. Um, my name is Nick. Nick, well, I can't remember my own name. Um, my name is Nick, and um, this is a ridiculous idea. And my name is Ben, and I'm not going to bet if I can get a boner. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the oznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>